Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. And coming back from two weeks on the road, and I'm happy to be back in Atlanta. It's 92 degrees outside, sticking wet. But you know what? This is what I signed up for, and I love every minute of it. And when there's snow going on in New York and in the Northeast in the winter, I'll still be in flip-flops. So I can't complain about the humidity. I can't complain about the beautiful sun that's outside. I can just be happy. So here we are, Sean Palmer, Seth Kamen's. Seth Kamen's in in, uh, New Jersey or in the car at this point. And uh, here we are for another week of Seth and Sean Sports Radio. Normal time, 5.30. Love it. Seth, how you doing? Yeah. I'm doing fine. We have, we're at 82 degrees, so I'm not really complaining too much about that. So, uh, yeah, just hitting typical Jersey traffic going home. Um, and I guess we're talk, talking baseball? Ah, baseball. Well, we're talking baseball. <laughs> we're talking hot. We're, we're talking a little bit of hockey here today. It's interesting that I have yet to encounter, other than my first week here, one iota of supposed Atlanta traffic that everybody talks about. And yet every week, and this is what was warned, everybody was like, wait for the hot Atlanta and all that Atlanta traffic that you're going to sit in all day. How could you work? How could you move to Atlanta with all that traffic and that heat? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the heat doesn't bother me. I haven't gotten one iota of traffic, and every week we hear Seth sitting in traffic. So, I'll take it. It sounds pretty good to me. All right. All righty then. So, what do we what do we have on the docket today? Well, we have the winners and losers of the major league trading deadline, and there were some substantial winners. And to me, there's definitely some substantial losers. And whether there is a problem going forward, whether there are jobs that are in jeopardy in management for those teams that just didn't do anything and whether those people are at risk. Later on, we'll talk about, you know what I love to talk about in the middle of the summer, ice hockey, and that is this week's question of the week. If you are the commissioner of the NHL, what are you doing? What do you do right now? The NHL is probably fourth or they're fourth or fifth in the major major sports realm. I think they're pretty substantially over NASCAR and probably over MMA at this point. But if you're looking, they're probably snuggled with the tennis, the golf, and all those sports that are, I don't know, under the top three, but over those MMA and, and boxing and whatnot. I think they're they're pretty steady there. But can they get back into the top four if they ever were in the top four? And what might what rule might you give, Mr. Caymans and myself, Mr. Palmer, talking in the third person, would get that would propel them into that type of situation? And um, we'll get to that as well. If you'd like to call in seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six, we'll also be talking about the U.S. Select Team, the Olympic Team 
the World Cup team. And, Seth, we could start on that. I think that's a good place to start. There have been about 25 people that have turned down, dropped out of the U.S. World Cup team, the World Cup of Basketball. Such players as Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard. I'm going to get the whole list. It is quite a list. It's actually, um, it's it's actually an NBA All Star team list that has dropped out. What do you? Th- why do you think that is? Why do you think people, so many have dropped out of this type of situation? I think for the top top tier guys like the Anthony Davis, he knows he's getting an Olympic bid if he wants one anyway. So why should he? Damian Lillard's a little bit more up in the air, but I think a lot of them are tired from the regular season, which think about it, you know, you go into training camp in September, you play till May, till June. Um, And for certain people, they just don't care. Then for others, I find it ludicrous. Landry Shamit from the Clippers, who was a decent rookie last year, didn't want to play, I think is nuts. And look, they still have a good enough team to most likely win, but I mean, geez, it's it's certainly not the dream team of 92. Sure. So those that so the original twenty players that that were supposed to go to camp, Harrison Barnes still there, Bradley Beal out, Anthony Davis out, Andre Drummond out, Eric Gordon out, James Harden out, Tobias Harris out, Kyle Kuzma still in, Damian Lillard out, Brooke Lopez out, Kevin Love out. Sorry, Brooke Lopez is in. Kevin Love I thought out. Brooke Lopez was Kyle in. Yeah, he's in. Kyle Lowry, in. C.J. McCollum, out. Chris Middleton, in. Paul Millsap, out. The rest of these are in. Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, P.J. Tucker, Miles Turner, Kemba Walker. Those are all in. But this is not... Seth, this is not an all-star team. This no, is it's a not. Kind of, this, I mean, the revised 15 players <laughs> going to camp are big. Are Bam Adebayo, who wouldn't make an all-star team. Harrison Barnes, who has a contract that's an all-star team, but not really an all-star. Jalen Brown, Kyle Kuzma, Brooke Lopez. Look, Brooke Lopez signed for a minimum contract last year. Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Donovan Mitchell, Mason Plumley. I never thought I'd see a Plumley on a World Cup team. Marcus Smart. Wasn't Jason there a Tatum, on an Tuckner. Olympic team? Yeah. I thought what of Really? I thought one of the Plumleys made something. Some kind of U.S. team. Hold on. And I thought it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. Maybe it was a World Cup a few years ago. No, maybe you're right. I think it's 2014 World Cup. Yeah. There you so go. You made the 2014 World Cup. Well done. Well done, sir. Thank you. He, uh, he averaged, He played all of. He played in all nine games, averaging two point three points and two point zero rebounds. So a, a quality showing by one Plumley. But he is <laughs> back on the World Cup team in 2019. 
And I get the fact that if you're Anthony Davis, you're LeBron James, you're Stephen Curry, you're all these guys. But let me let me ask you: the whole reason between USA bat, the whole reason for the way that USA basketball is conducted, is to spread continuity, right? From one year to the next to the next. That was the whole point to setting up this Jerry Colangelo concept of the Olympic program. That you wouldn't be throwing together 15 All-Stars for the very first time in an Olympic year and saying, good to go. Now, I got a question for you. Let's say that this team wins the gold medal in the, or wins whatever medal it is. I guess it's gold. Gold medal in the World Cup. Do you think it's right that Anthony Davis then says, oh, yeah, next year Olympics, I didn't do the work, but I'm going to play now? Like, to me, that is awful. That's an awful precedent. It's the wrong way to, it's the wrong way to do it, and it's actually against everything that this program was supposed to be. It is. And I think, if I remember correctly, there were certain, like, Bradley Beal isn't doing it because he just had his first kid. Like, I think there were, and there's some more for legitimate injuries. Um, but, no, I agree. It's, it goes against exactly what Colangelo and Krzyzewski came up with. Krzyzewski, of course, the coach the first for the last three gold medals. And I think he was also involved with the round table putting this idea together as an ex-Army guy. Um, I don't really disagree with you. To me, if, there, if you don't have a reasonable reason for not playing in this, then I'm not sure you should play in the, in the, in the Olympics. I mean, look, Will our team be a little bit worsened by not having um, Anthony Davis? Yeah. Would we still be a favorite to win? Yes. And I would have no issue if they said, look, you know, but the problem is then it becomes arbitrary on what point, on what, on what is, what is a reasonable reason not to play. And that's the, and that would be the difficult part to, to deal with. Agreed. And, but I, I just have a hard time with every other sport. You got to go through the trials. You got to play, you got, you got to perform. And here you just don't have that. You, you, you can just say, okay, it's, it's Allen Iverson's concept, right? It's just practice, right? Just practice. I'm out, Mm -hmm. but come game time, you know what? Put me in coach. It doesn't matter that Brooke Lopez Played this whole summer, won the FIBA World Cup with with ten other guys. Not look, Brooke Lopez is not an All Star. He's definitely not a Hall of Famer. But if he if he if he performs and plays as a group with these guys, yes, the talent will always be there. Or that you know what that's what the that's what the concept was, right? The USA could put together fifteen guys. Because the talent will always win out. Well, they saw after, in, I think it was in 2000, that that wasn't the case. So now, that's why they did this in the first place, was to put together a team. And now you're just, you're going back to the old way of doing things. And I, I, I thoroughly disagree with this, 100%. And as, I do understand as that, do I. That, some, that some players have been playing basketball pretty much round the clock for the for the last five years. I get that. 
You got the Stephen Currys. You got the LeBron James. I get that. Then sit out and sit out the Olympics too. You either play or you don't. I, I it just look if you're if you're teaching kids and I know you're not a role model. You're not a role model, and I know you're you subscribe that that players are not role models. I get that. You and I have had this discussion, but when it comes to the Olympics, to me, that's exactly what they are. You want to say that professional players are not role models in their professional capacity? I, I'm, I can agree. I can go with you on that. But when you get to the Olympics, when you're representing your country, when you're supposed to be an amateur, because remember, Olympians don't earn any money for playing. Absolutely none. I think they might get a stipend, but it's not much. And trust me, that stipend no, doesn't put a dent get, in the wallet of they, Anthony Davis. They do. No, typically you do get something when you win a gold medal, when you win when you medal. But, but it's not correct. Not, but that's more for like the ice fishing or uh, or cross country skiing. You know, Anthony Davis making thirty million dollars. That fifteen to twenty five thousand bucks is really not going to make a difference. I would hope it would. Right, and you're not going to get – you don't get anything specifically for participating in the Olympics, for playing in the Olympics. You get something for winning the Olympics. So, so my point is, if you're not getting any, anything for playing, to me, you're still amateur. You're still playing for the love of the game. And in that concept, Seth, I believe that they absolutely should be, should be role models with that in mind. If you'd like to call in – I don't have an issue with – 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. We are taking callers throughout the day. This is a pretty slow week. Next week will be a pretty slow week. We'll, we'll, we'll fill the time, as we always do, with great stuff. And then after that, we will delve into college football and then our fantasy football and then our NFL preview. Uh, this, by the way, the weirdest injury today that I heard, did you see why Anthony Bra- uh, Antonio Brown is having foot problems? No. Okay, so I have gone into uh, cryogenics. I don't know if you know what that is, cryogenics. Isn't that when they freeze your... uh... Yes. So they put you in sub-zero degrees, and basically it helps. I I don't really know what it does, but it certainly does. It helped my back. So let's assume that it's... It's a mode to recovery for certain parts of your body. So when I went into this cryogenic chamber, the two things that they made me do were put on slippers, which were very, very warm, and put on gloves, which were very, very warm. Because the two things that when your extremities get very, very cold, you're susceptible to frostbite. Well, Antonio Brown decided not to go in with the slippers. I'm waiting for you to laugh. Come on, laugh. I'm giggling. I'm la- I am laughing. So, so he didn't go in with the slippers. And basically the reports are that his bottom of his free feet became frostbitten. Froze. So they, <laughs> so they, are peeling, they are peeling skin off the bottom of his feet, which are frozen. Wow. And that is the reason he is on the pup list. Wow. Yeah, I think that is I've one of the weirder injuries. I mean, 
I mean, that and like Wade Boggs pulling off his, his, uh, his boots. I mean, there's, there's a thousand different injuries that you can talk about. Oh, Pascal Perez. And the funny thing is, it may not, it may, it may not even be the weirdest injury of the month of the week. There's what else a fighter, uh, Carl, Carl Frampton. He's a former title holder from the UK. He was getting ready for a fight. And an ornamental vase fell on his hand in a hotel lobby. He didn't touch it. It fell. Someone must have knocked into it and broke his hand. So he has to cancel the fight because his hand is broken because a vase fell on it that he did not knock down in a random hotel. Wow. Okay. Well, that that definitely goes towards the uh, yeah, towards the weird injuries <laughs> of the week. No question about it. I mean, I, I, look, a vase can happen because that's a to, to me. I think Antonio Brown is actually weirder because a vase was an accident, right? I mean, a vase is just somebody being klutzy. Antonio Brown went into a cryogenics chamber. Where everybody else wears slippers, and he decided not to. That's just idiocy. Plain and simple. The first thing they told me when I went in there for my back was put on the slippers. First thing. You one would think that you would put on the slippers, but anyway, I mean, and I actually asked them. I said, "What happens if I don't?" They're like, "You won't be able to walk." Well, here we are. Antonio Brown. By the way. <laughs> Antonio, reportedly, Antonio Brown's son, at the first practice for the Raiders, asked his father, where's Roethlisberger? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because even his son knows that was a bad trade. <laughs> even his son knows that shouldn't have happened. But, yeah, it, one more reason why Seth and Sean will not be protecting Antonio Brown this year. <laughs> But we will bid him up. I mean, look, we're, 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 he, he was a good player. We'll, we'll have him. I, I assume, I'll tell you right now, Seth, I don't think anybody else is going to bid him as much as we will. So I think we're going to wind up with him again if, if, if all goes according to plan. We'll see. I'm not sure either way. So the Jets, look, I don't give a whole lot of credit to the Jets. And every single time I talk about the Jets, I basically am shaking my head no you stupid idiots. You, you did something again. You have no talent. You signed Le'Veon Bell to a huge contract, but you don't have a line that will support Le'Veon Bell. And they made a smart move this week. They got Ryan Khalil. Now, great, granted, he's 37 years old. He had his worst season last year. He was playing through a couple injuries. But at the same time, this is the type of move that you make late in the season when you're trying to support a young quarterback. I absolutely love this move. I think if any, if the Giants made this move, I would have loved it. The Jets made any team makes this type of move. When your most valuable player outside of, well, when your most valuable player outside of the New York Giants is your starting, starting quarterback, Harum, you got to protect him in some way, shape, or form. And here we are, so we're talking about Ryan Khalil with the, protecting Sam Darnold, and we move over to Tom Brady. So Tom Brady, Seth, I'm not sure you saw the contract that he signed. 
Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. Twenty twenty three million dollars extension. So he got he got a raise of eight million dollars, and the New or- the New England Patriots got a savings on the cap of twelve point five million dollars, a pretty substantial savings. But that came at a cost to the to the Patriots. Both next, both of the remaining two years are voidable years, which means if he accomplishes something minute, and I'm not sure what the trigger is, but it trust me, it's minute. Tom Brady becomes a free agent next year. Now, with reports today, I'll give you a better one. With reports today that he and Giselle Bunchen have put his house on the market for a cool $30 million. $40 million. Seth and I are taking GoFundMe. GoFundMe uh, <laughs> account if, if you'd like to raise some, some cash for our, man, for our Seth and Sean studio, which I'm sure would be like one-eighth of the rooms that we would need. Um, $35.9 million. It goes on the market. All right, Seth, tell me today. It is August 6, 2020. Is Tom Brady a member of the New England Patriots? Yes. I, there's not even going to elaborate. Yes. Okay, so here, here's the he other moved. thing, by the way. So not only you are they avoidable years. You saw where they're looking to move, though, right? Hold on. Not only are they avoidable okay. years, but... New England cannot put the franchise tag on him. I think this makes it very, very interesting. Yeah, they're looking. Do you really think I see that they're? I I know that they're looking to move. I know that the places that they're looking to move in New Jersey or Connecticut. I get all that. Did you see that? Did you see the town in ESPN that he was looking to move to? No. Alpine. Oh, awesome! You could be neighbors. <laughs> no, she could be Carly. Hey, Tommy. He could be Diane's neighbor. It could be Diane's Tommy, neighbor. Need, Tommy, Jake needs to throw with somebody. Can you help us out? <laughs> Seth, let me let me throw something at you, and, and you tell me how absolutely stupid I am, because I'm sure I am. Let's say that there is a quarterback eh, who plays in the Bay Area whose name is Jimmy. I mean, there, there's a Jimmy out there. And Jimmy mm-hmm. plays for a Jimmy plays for for a guy who is known to be a quarterback guru, whose name is Kyle. These are all fictitious names, ladies and gentlemen. Hypothetical, of course. Sir. Naturally, we we wouldn't right. want any tampering. So please. Kyle and Jimmy play in a town which a guy named Tommy grew up in. On the team that Tommy grew up rooting for. Kyle can be cut next year. Sorry, Jimmy can be cut next year with a $2 million cap hit. That's it. $2 million. Which means that the Niners, or I'm sorry, I should, tampering again. 
that San Francisco team that has a ton of cap room next year. And this guy named Tommy is a free agent. You don't think there's a shot there? You're an idiot. Really? You, you think, think I'm that much cut? of an idiot? You think they're going to cut a 24-year-old quarterback, 25-year-old quote-unquote franchise quarterback to sign a 44-year-old quarterback who's going to take up well, – the team is not winning a championship next year. So why are you doing this? Well, wh- wait, why am I doing it if I'm who? I'm, if I'm a Bay, Bay Area team, am I really going to sign a 43-year-old quarterback and cut my 25-year-old quarterback? All right. Well, let's assume that your 25-year-old quarterback has not been able to finish the season yet, correct? Okay. Okay, let's assume that your 25-year-old quarterback doesn't finish this season. And if your concern is the dead money on the cap for cutting your 25-year-old quarterback, who has yet to finish the season. So he got that contract based on five starts. Right. The year after after he hurt himself, then this year he hurts himself. He doesn't finish the season. Are you really, really calling him a franchise quarterback at that point? And if you have a high draft pick, hold on. And if you have a high draft pick this year, let's say you have a top 10 pick, because if the Niners lose Jimmy, chances are they will be a top 10 pick. I don't think C.J. Beathard or Nick Bowens is leading you to the promised land. And we saw that last year. Probably not. They're not. And you're going into a top 10 pick with a whole lot of quarterbacks coming out, right? We've we've talked about this. So would you then say, okay, we're going to take a Justin Herbert or a 2-0? I I don't think they'll get the number one pick, but let's say a top 10 pick. So either they trade up for 2-0 or whatnot, or they pick a Herbert. Or the guy out of Georgia, I can't remember his, his name, or the guy out of Ohio State. Both who will probably be first round picks. Right. Right. They're probably both going to be first round picks. How did you even See, come so, up with this thought process? The minute I saw that those were voidable years and that there is no franchise tag, that's how I thought about it. Okay, so. So if you're Tom Brady and you're getting an extra $8 million for this one year, and the reports were that he had a three-year contract, which would have tied him to the Patriots for two more years, that made sense to me. But the minute I saw that they were voidable years and you couldn't franchise him, I was like, he's gone. I don't think he's there. I think he's going to make his money next year. I think he's going to go to San Francisco and make his money. I Did really you do. read this somewhere? Nope. Or is this just literally out of, out of uh, a thought in the sky? 
This is a this is a Sean Palmer thought in the sky based on confluence that happened. I want you to send me that message, and I want and in a year from now, God willing, we're still hosting this show. I want to post that, and I want to say either Sean, you are the biggest bleeping genius I have ever met. Sean, <laughs> I love you, but you're an idiot. Well, look. That's my hypothesis. That doesn't that doesn't make me idiotic if it doesn't come true. That's like any other prediction. That is that is one of those prognostications where there's a five percent chance it happens and you throw it out there because if it doesn't happen, no one's ever gonna hold you to it. And if it does happen, you're a bleeping genius. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. Thank you. Thank you for making my point for me. You're you're a hundred percent right. But based on the confluence of circumstance, that is what I believe it will happen. So you can call me an idiot. That's fine. I have no problem with anybody calling me an idiot. I've been called that before, and will be called it again. That is true. That is that is that is one of my predictions for 2021. That. That if if it's an if statement, if Jimmy Garoppolo does not finish this year, that is what happens. Because there will be zero, it will be basically zero dollars. I'm going to go look it up, but basically zero dollars on the cap for Jimmy Garoppolo to be cut. Both track Niners. So anyway. That's just my thought process. Okay, we did we did talk about – hold on, I got it right here. So contract active, Jimmy Garoppolo has a $137.5 million contract. $74 million of that is guaranteed, but I don't believe the, the guarantee is for – I believe the guarantee is for injury only. So if he gets cut – hold on. Yeah, so if he gets cut after this year, it is a $4 million cap hit. And if he gets cut after this year, it's a $26 million. It's Oh, no, it's $4 million next year. It's two point eight the year after. Oh, that's dead cap. Yeah, so dead cap is 4.2, 2.8, and 1.4 over the next three years. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. Okay, so Seth, Seth, you and I talked offline a little bit about this before the show. Uh, the Major League Baseball trade deadline was last week. Since then, the Mets have gone nine out of ten, winning a doubleheader, and they're now two and a half games out of the wild card. So maybe that trade worked, and Brody probably saved a whole lot of his his gut. The one team that probably lost most was the New York Yankees, who were not able to acquire a starter and then went and saw Zach Greinke go to the Texas, go to the Houston Astros. We talked about this last week. I don't think the Yankees have the horses for the playoffs. I apologize. My, uh, th- I just walked in the door, and my three-year-old son wants to play baseball. What do you want to play? So, Sean, give me 30 seconds, and I will get back to you on this, okay? Okay. Yep, yep. So, so anyway, 
So the Yankees don't get Dan Greinke. They don't get Marcus Stroman. They don't get Madison Baumgartner. They don't get anybody. And I feel, and again, this may be one of those pie-in-the-sky moments for Sean Palmer, that Brian Cashman's job is in jeopardy. And if you'd like to call in again, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. And you're going to ask me why I believe Brian Cashman's job is in jeopardy. Well, this is the best team, certainly offensively, that the Yankees have had in a long time. This is the best bullpen they've had in a long time. And the only thing that they are the only thing that they need is a starting pitcher. They need a horse. There were horses out there. Even the Mets were willing to flip Marcus Stroman for some prospects. Prospects are prospects. The Yankees have lived in that type of world for long enough where they are harboring their prospects. And you can make the case, and I am making that case, that this was the year the Yankees should have gone for it because you never know what the future is going to bring. They have not been to a World Series in 10 years, a decade. Ladies and gentlemen, a decade to a Yankee fan is like – a decade to a Yankee fan of not going to the World Series is like a century to a Mets fan. So you can only imagine what Yankee fans were feeling at 4.20 last Tuesday when when it was announced that Zach Greinke – had gone to the Houston Astros. Not only had he gone to the Houston Astros, but the Astros received $25 million for the privilege of acquiring Zach Greinke, and then Greinke becomes a $20 million pitcher. Now, you will not get me to admit that Zach Greinke would have been a Yankee because he couldn't. He he had a no-trade clause to the Yankees, So he definitely wasn't going to be a New York Yankee. But with that being said, I fully believe that Brian Cashman was asleep at the switch. And you know what? If they don't make the World Series this year, I think he's on thin ice. Seth, 10 years without going to a World Series for the Yankees is an eternity for them. It is. But I don't think he's so on the for this. Because so I don't who do you think, hold accountable? I don't think there was anything that they particularly wanted other than potentially Granky. Which, if he, I mean, to be honest, I don't think his personality is made for New York based on everything no, I've heard he of had, over the years. Yeah, he had a no-trade clause. He wasn't coming to New York. But they certainly wanted Stroman. They, they said they wanted Stroman. They just weren't going to get out the prospects Toronto may not have wanted to trade Stroman to, within the division, especially to the Yankees, which was something that I had read. So the only ones you're really looking at are Bauer, who got a, a boatload of prospects for, or Robbie Ray, which really doesn't excite, may not have excited them that much. I'm not saying he didn't I'm not saying they didn't need need a starting pitcher. That would be silly. Although they do get Severino back. But there's nothing I'm not turned away by it. 
let's go play baseball. I'm not as turned away by it as you are because I just don't think, I just don't think the stuff was, I don't disagree with him on some of this. I'm assuming, I don't think Toronto wanted to trade it, trade him Strowman. And I don't think Robbie Ray was worth giving, was giving up Quinn Fraser for or what other prospects they wanted. So based on that, you know, they weren't going to get Syndergaard. Jake, are we going? They weren't going to get Zach Wheeler. And do we really want Zach Wheeler? So I'm not holding, I'm not killing him on this. Okay, let me ask you this. How many more years do the Yankees have without making a World Series? If you're not blaming him now for Cashman to make one before he's gone. I was probably two. Okay. I, okay. That, that's fair. I, I, I don't agree with you. I, I think that – I think he had – he could have gotten Strowman if he wanted. Yes, he would have paid a premium for it, but he could have gotten him. He could have gotten Baumgartner earlier, but he chose not to do that. Look, I, I, get what, I get what you're saying. So, on the flip side, the Mets are now two and a half games out of the wild card after going nine and one out of their last ten. Woohoo! Two and a half out of the wild card. Now, what does that mean, Mets fans? Don't get your hopes up. And you're going to ask me why. And you're going to say, well, the Mets are playing the best ball. The five aces are working. They just swept the doubleheader. Yup. They just played the worst three teams in the National League. <laughs> so they won nine out of ten against the three worst teams in the National League. And now it's the time of the, of the meat of their schedule. Now, to be fair, they do play most of their games at home going forward, and they do have a great home record versus an away record. But now they get to play the National League East. And while the National League East is not the American League East of the 90s, it's certainly – or the 2000s. It certainly is the hardest division in the National League outside of Miami. So now you're going to play – now you're going to play Philly, and now you're going to play Washington, and now you're going to play Atlanta for the, for the remainder of the year. Uh, Godspeed. And, of course, the guy that we ripped on was Robinson Cano, and Cano was playing great ball for the last 10 games until yesterday he tore his quad. Just like the Mets, oh. an injury at the most inopportune time. Okay. I will say one Seth, thing. We got one. Yeah. Okay. You know, we talked about yeah. that if Washington ever got in, how dangerous they would be because of their oh. starting pitching. I, I, don't, I don't think you're getting in. I don't think there's much chance of it. But if you do, even though you may have the worst lineup in the in the Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball I wouldn't want to play you. I would not want to play a three start against a threesome of Degrom, Syndergaard, and Stroman. I think that's I th- it's an awfully awkward that's an awfully awkward trio to pitch against in a five game series to play against in a five game or seven game series. Seth, so, I'll give you one better. I wish you luck. I'll give you one better. I don't think Syndergaard would make the rotation. I think Syndergaard would be that guy out of the boat. 
I think it would be Wheeler, and I think Syndergaard would be that guy out of the bullpen. And that's dangerous. I think he would be he would play the Andrew Miller type player, where he could just continually come out of the bullpen. I think they they stick him in there, and throw Wheeler or throw Mats because Mats is the only lefty amongst those guys. So they would throw Mats, Wheeler, and and um, and Degrom and let Stroman, who's a ground ball expert, come out of the bullpen along with Syndergaard. So you have a flamethrower and you have a ground ball guy. Now, I do understand I'm talking a hypothetical in in a situation where right now is not there. But we talked about this earlier. I do like the Mets rotation if it comes to that. But there's nobody that stacks up against the Houston Astros. You're no. throwing Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Zach Greinke. Good night. Like, that's, that's it. Good night. Good luck. Like, I don't think there's any team in the major leagues that will beat them right now. Those three guys, will, it, it's like having Schilling and Randy Johnson and then another Kurt Schilling. Good luck. Godspeed. I mean, you might, right now uh, there, there is the Houston Astros and then there's everybody else. So and I tend they to did agree. it for, and they did it for prospects that weren't even one and two in their, in their prospect farm. So, well done by Jeff, Jeff Luco. Okay, so we have about 18 minutes left. We want to make we're, we're going to the from the, from the uh, heat to the ice. The NHL is looking for a rule, Seth. They're looking to make a change that will propel this sport back into the mainframe, back into where where they want to be in the next 10 years. What is that change? It could be off the ice, too, by the way. What is the change that you're doing? Oh, it's completely off the ice. You're, getting, you're signing a contract at the ESPN. Ah, I hate you. That's exactly what I was going to say, but I'll come up with something else. You'll have to because you know hockey a lot better than I do. But – I mean, look, nobody is – I've never seen someone keep a job of this magnitude for 20 years and have so little, little results, so few results. I mean, NBC, SN, you know, you, you get, what, one hockey game a week on NBC, and then you get the play on the weekends, and then you get the playoffs. And you still don't get the NBC for most of those, and most of them are still on the, on the commercial. On the, uh, you, I don't know – you had said they're, no, they're the fourth team. I don't know if that – does that count college basketball and college football? No. I mean, they're, they're nowhere they're well near these those Yeah, they're well um, behind those. I, I disagree with you. I think, think – I don't think – I think they've taken a big step back over the last – they were a solid number four. And then I think they have just pretty much – they certainly haven't grown, and you know at least they're now on they're now on NBCSN, which you can at least see them if you really wanted to. You need a national. You need to be on three times a week. You need a national, and it's either ESPN or Fox Sports. So, and 
you know, you may want to get one to, involved with one of the streamings, whether it's Amazon or whatever it is, or Disney. But to me, I mean, well, Disney's uh, not Disney, excuse me. But it's ES, they need to get an ESPN contract. I think it's that, that simple. Well, the current NHL contract between NA, between them and Comcast, which owns NBC and NBC Sportsnet, expires at the end of the 2021 season. But negotiations for the renewal could begin this year in 2019 under the current 10-year agreement, which was in 2011. NBC paid the NHL $2 billion, $2 billion with a B per season. Now, that's all well and good, but $200 million is really nothing when it comes to, when it comes to fees. And who the heck ever thought a 10-year agreement was a good idea? <laughs> like Somebody who was like, an attorney right. at Proskauer Rose, apparently. I, I guess. I mean, definitely somebody that was for NBC. Because NHL, that is lunacy. $200 million a year. Let, ladies and gentlemen, let's understand, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you the NFL contract for just NBC. So that is NFL contract NBC. Now, NBC has what? The game of the week, right? Mm-hmm. They, have, they have the Sunday game of the week, and that's it, right? And maybe a couple of uh, – Let's play off the NHL itself. The NHL itself receives two hundred million dollars a year from the NHL from NBC. The NFL contracts combined, all of them, each team receives two hundred and fifty-five million dollars. So each team, all thirty, all thirty-two teams, thirty-two, sixteen teams, sixteen games, right? Mm-hmm. All thirty-two teams receive more money per year than the entire NHL receives from NBC. Just just let that sink in for a little bit as to how much money the NHL is realistically losing. Because I believe that they would be a popular sport to come back. And I think that a lot they lost a lot of fans when they went off of ESPN. In fact I know they lost a lot of it's not even it's not even a couple. Okay, so what would I do to change the NHL? I would make the conferences 1 through 15. I would, not, I would make the playoffs 1 through 15. I do understand that you may have a little bit of – you make east and west. The, the travel is not that much. You figure it out. Right now, it's east and west. It's, you may have to travel to Atlanta. Oh, sorry. You may have to travel to Nashville as opposed to traveling to Boston. You may get one between the Maple Leafs and the Bruins. You may get one less game than, and because you have to play another game in Nashville. But the fact is, if you do that, I love going to see the Edmonton Oilers. You play a home-and-home home with every single team. Every single team. You play the Oilers at home, and you play them away. So New, so New York fans get to see Connor McDavid in person. It's the only way this sport is ever going to grow, is that if you get to see the superstars of the sport, 
if the if the kids get to see the superstars of the sport, and I understand TV is a lot bigger, but right now, as we just explained, TV is not that much bigger than it was when we were kids. Yep, for I hockey. Did a you had your sport. You had your sport. Um, your SMY, or at that point, your Sports Channel. You had your MSG, but that but hockey was basically on WWOR. You had maybe one or two games on ESPN when we were kids. It's no different now. You have your game of the week, but you need to see these players in the cities. You need Connor McDavid to go to every city, not just the West Coast cities. And I think that would allow it to grow the sport. I'm not saying it will propel it to, to for leaps and bounds, because, Seth, as you said, I'm not sure that's possible without an ESPN contract, with more visibility. But at least then you'd see – I. Look, I look forward every single year to seeing Wayne Gretzky and Mike Gartner and Yari Curry and Paul Coffey. I got to see every player in the NHL. I was a lucky guy. And right now, even season ticket holders don't get to see every player. I think that's an issue. I think that's a big issue that has to be rectified. Maybe that happens when Seattle comes in as the next franchise. Maybe they reorganize, reorganize again and make it better. But right now, it, it, it's just not there. Let, let me ask you this. So we, so we went through the NHL, and uh, next week we will talk tennis. What is the thing that you'd like to change about tennis? We'll talk about that next week. Seth, it's, it's August, and I get the fact that you are not uh, yet really into baseball. What is it that you check on a daily basis as far as sports is concerned? What's your, what's your first thing that you look forward to seeing every day? Uh, football News in America. So, so you're, Peter, so you're looking Peter for King. what? For, I'm not so looking for anything in general. Camps? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm just reading in general. I read a little bit less now than I do any other time of year. I look a little bit into EPL because that starts next week. Um, U.S. Open coming up. But, you know, it's, as we said, there's enough with, you know, with, with basketball, with, um, you know, with, with the U.S., you know, just the U.S. World, just the World Cup, just, try, just following what's going on. I do read less now than I typically do throughout the year, though. And I try to read as many of the media, Richard Deitch media stuff as I media articles. Okay, so EPL is is starting next week. Give me a little preview of new name, old names, and new faces. Who changed teams? Oh God, there's way too many to start with. That the biggest one is uh, Eden Hazard goes from Chelsea to Real Madrid for about 150 million dollars. Uh, but Chelsea, I mean, literally, you're still looking at, for all intents and purposes, a two-team race. <laughs> um, Tottenham signs a couple guys for the first time in years. Um, and there's still a cop. But at the end of the day, we're looking at Man U, and we're looking at Liverpool. And then we're looking at everybody else. And Man, uh, Man City, excuse me, and then Liverpool. You know, Man City wins the Premier League last year. Liverpool wins the European Championships, and then you you have a probably a four or five team race 
for uh, for the other two European spots. The three, the usual suspects: Arsenal, Arsenal, Man U, and Chelsea, and then in Tottenham, and then you have a couple other teams like Everton, who are right there as well. Um, it's a two-team race, and that's the fun of it. You know, that's considered the fun of it. So I don't know if that's always considered. So, well, if you were a prognosticator and you were going out on a limb, say saying Tom Brady would wind up in some San Francisco team. And mm-hmm. who would you say would be one of those teams that you should watch besides those top three teams? Is there a sleeper that you would suggest our listeners list, uh, watch for um, coming down? There's a couple. As I said, Everton is always kind of on the peripheral. Leicester City, um, who won the championship a couple years ago and kind of took the soccer world by storm, has a nice team. Bournemouth uh, kind of surprised everybody last year and ended up, I think, seventh. They're pretty young and fun to watch. But it's it's like everything else. If you enjoy it, you'll watch everybody. If you don't enjoy it, you'll watch none of it. So, all right. So, on a percentage basis, you obviously are an EPL fan. How many games, mm-hmm. a percentage basis, how many games do you foresee watching this year that are on television? Well, full games are 10, 15 minutes at a time. Let's say more I than can't. half the game. Um, probably a decent amount, because, but it's for a different reason. Because most of the games are on Sundays and let's be honest, or Saturdays. And I can't really get away with watching Saturday morning football, soccer, followed by Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon football, followed by Saturday night football. My wife may actually dig a grave for me and throw me in. But (laughs) since I do work from an office with a flat screen TV in it on Mondays, often I'll have the Monday game I'll have on, Sometimes I'll have a Wednesday game on. So probably 25 to 30. I love the fact that, that the EPL games, now granted there's a time difference, are during the day for us, right? So it, it, it does allow for you and probably, you know what, I'll get into that too because I have a flat screen at my, te- at my office too now that I might tune in and watch some EPL and see what the fuss is about because I'm still trying to figure out how many, you know, if I was, oh, you know what? We're not going to talk tennis next week. We're going to talk changes to soccer because I got a big one. So we're going to talk changes to soccer next week. And granted, it is the most popular sport in the world, but what would make it more popular in the U.S.? That's what we're going to talk about. Okay, so we got five minutes left. I will, uh, I'll go first. I'll leave you for the last couple. Um, look, Seth and most of my friends, when I moved down here, said the hardest thing that I would do, the hardest thing that I could do, is move down to a new place and not know very many people. That's true. I do have the personality that's outgoing that can create friends very easily, but I'm not exact. When most people call me an extrovert, eh, I'm an extrovert when I get to know you. But until I get to know you, I'm, I'm, I do have a little bit of an introverted side. So the hardest thing was meeting new people. 
But one of those people that I knew from the past was named Rory Tarr. And this past weekend, we went up to uh, my camp, which we talked about a couple of years back for the 100th, 100th anniversary. And the one thing that I noticed was we were watching what was the senior D basketball game. So basically the worst seniors playing basketball. And you saw athletic kids, Seth. You saw kids that would put you – well, Jake's not happy. But you and I the same as far as our athleticism, but they were just not good basketball players. And when asking the counselors why they were – they're such great athletes. Why are they in this class D game and why do they suck? I mean, they really did. They were horrendous. And to a, to a counselor, each and every one of them said the same thing. They were not crying. They said, what's wrong with you? We've been playing baseball for the last 15 minutes. And huh. Then, he took the ball away. Which is fine. But now he wanted to play baseball with a golf ball. Which <laughs> he actually hit a couple of times. But now he's a little too close to the house. And we have a right. nice Nerf basketball he can hit with versus a golf ball. Okay. So the one thing that, that all of these counselors stated was, Sean, this is what happens when you focus on one sport for your entire summer or your entire spring or entire fall. Wayne Gretzky once said the best time of his life was when he put away the hockey skates and focused on baseball for a season. I think one of the things that we lack or one of the things that lacks in youth today is the all-around sporting experience that you get to play multiple sports. And it was no more apparent than it was this weekend when I saw that game. So, parents, have your kids, like Jake, play many sports, with or without golf balls, and uh, I think you'll be a better all-around person. So, Seth, you got two more minutes. Oh, I was actually going to give mad props to my little dude, who yesterday, on a 10-foot hoop, now again, with a small basketball that I can, I'm currently gripping in my hand, Jake, how many shots in a row did you hit yesterday? Did you hit four out of five? So he hit four out of five, and it is t- two seconds. Four, four out of five shots. And then we played soccer, and then we went. Then we, then he went to bed, and then we played baseball today. And now he wants to play the golf, and later he's going to wear a few hoops. Props to my little dude who's now laying in his X-ray fish pajamas on the grass because we can't play golf. We can't play baseball with the golf ball. So pretty much I'm just kind of countering what you just said um, is luckily my kids, you know, knock on wood will not, will not undergo that. that too. So that's all I got for this week. I'm good. Sounds great. For Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, backsportspage.com, blog, talk radio, Seth and Sean sports radio. And we'll see you again next week. It's been a great one. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>